It says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he, or he else will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. What does that mean, God and what? All right, I ask y'all to come up with an example, if maybe, and you could share it if you like to. Uh, and, and does anybody, can you, do you have an example of, it doesn't have to be you, it could be something else, somebody else. You have a, a time you could, you want to share about how you serve, you can't serve God and money. Can, have you been in a position where you serve money over God? Uh, can, do you want to, anybody want to share it at all? Yes. Well, now come up here, come up here. Yeah. Think so. No, 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 don't talk yet. Don't talk yet. I know, I know that's hard. Anyway, I, 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 I'll hold the mic, yeah. Oh, I guess for me personally, my dad was a workaholic. So I kind of saw that growing up, and I kind of that's what my standard was. So for me, like, I was about, like, I'm going to get that money. So I was working, like, every day, two jobs, like, three hours of sleep maybe in between, and, like, I was chasing paper. I was chasing money. So that was definitely cutting into, like, going to church and stuff. And I was a Christian, but I just, I was chasing, you know. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Thank you. Anybody else want to share? So nobody else has ever done that then? Huh? You want to share? Platinum? <laughs> so nobody else has anything to add to that. Nobody else in here. Well, what happened was I, I was talking to this person, and, uh, and they uh, they were talking about how that they had gotten into that, and they had it, different. You can work. You can choose to work weekends. Some jobs you can choose to work on the weekends, and you get more money. Sometimes double, a whole lot more money. And, and this person, I have permission uh, to to say this because they're here. And what she, this person, did was they chose those shifts on weekends where she could make a lot more money. And bottom line is, then she don't come to church. And bottom line is, she her relationship with the Lord de- eroded to where it just didn't, it wasn't good uh, for her family, uh, for her children, her, everything. All she decided then, within a, probably the last little bit, she decided not to do that anymore. And so she's put God first again. She took a pay cut. And I'm not. Her family is doing remarkably well. It. I don't. You say, well, how can it be? I mean, well, I don't know how it can be, but Jesus just said you can't do it. And so those of you that are trying to chase the money and I can't get to church, I'm going to chase my dollar bills over here. You might. It might be a lot better for you if you did put God first. I mean, I, I'm not going to share anything about this person's family because. But it was, everything in the family is going really good now. And so God really does what he says he will do. Amen? So you just examine yourself how you do. Um, I, 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 I know, I, feel, I can't think of a time I did this. I probably did. But I know, you know, you can have different, you can have different jobs to where you can definitely, 
I'll take that shift because I can make a lot more money and then you destroy your relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about if you got to take... Some of us, I know that one time our son, he had to work on Sunday. That was his, that's a job. You don't get to choose. But I'm talking about when you can choose and you can make, you follow me? All right, good with that one? All right. And last night, it's, uh, this is good. And um, we're talking, and this is a situation here to where this person is a really good worker. And, and they feel like they're underpaid and work too much. Does anybody, can anybody identify with that? Raise your hand. You work more than you paid for, and you work way more hours, right? And you actually probably sacrifice, right? And so the discussion was, well, you know, this other person was very animated, and they were, they were trying to, you know, say that, you know, I, blah, 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 you know, I can't believe that, and they, they're messing you over, and you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all right? And I mean, I understand that. Because you care about somebody, you don't like to see them get messed over, right? And so the, the question came up, and we talk about it. And I'm I'm big on this. It's a pet peeve. You probably well, you may not hear it, but I I this I got a little point of contention on some discussions. If you come to me talking complaining about something, and then I ask you, well, what would you do about it? Well, I don't know. Well, then I'm probably going to tell you to shut your pie hole. Right? Don't just come to me complaining. If you got a solution, talk to me about it. Right? Otherwise, you just, I'm not talking about no word of faith, name it, claim it, junk. I'm not talking about that. Just, if, you know, if every time I see you, I talk about how bad my knees feel, after a while you say, would you please just shut up? We know your knees hurt. Right? You get tired of hearing it. It's just going to make you feel bad. Here, here, comes, here comes the preacher going to talk about it. You just don't, some things, just leave them alone. Right? But this morning I got up and I was putting my eye drops in. And I looked at myself and I, and I didn't know the answer to the question last night. What do we do about somebody who's been taken advantage of? They're not making the money. They, I mean, you know, I mean legitimate. I don't mean everybody thinks they should make more money, right? Probably. Anybody think they should make less? Okay, all right, so anyway. And it hit me. What a mighty man of God I am. You can pray about it. You can give it to the Lord. Let him work it out. That's a pretty good answer, ain't it? That's a pretty good answer to do that. And then, then today I was coming out, I was thinking about this morning to share with you all, and I said, that's pretty profound. Not really, but it is. To ask God to look over your situation and help you out. And then I was thinking, man, that's a tough spot, though. And I'm not going to tell y'all again. Most of you know it. If, if you don't, I'll tell you in private. But I was in a situation where I was in a I was no way out for me with that house deal. Remember a long time ago? Y'all know that? But God changed it all around. Exactly opposite, about three different ways of what the human mind, no way, could, no way would it have gone that way it did. No logic at all. But God intervened and changed hearts and minds. So he can work with your job too. Amen? Amen. Don't be like some, don't be like Jim Marine working, 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 just trying to, yeah. Some people work way too much, and it's, it's going to destroy them. I'm telling you, you've you got to work that out. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right. Today, we're going to talk about mid-acts dispensationalism. 
What that's a bunch of words. It's hard to spell really anyway. But I'm going to share some things with you so you'll understand and have an idea about uh, what we believe, what we teach you now. Acts, 2 Timothy 2.15, King James. You should have this one down. Pretty cold. I guess you could say that. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The King James says, study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is the word of truth. This is the inspired word of God. There are no errors, no mistakes in my Bible, but none in mine. And you may think of some in yours. You may have a Bible that has mistakes in it, but mine does not. And so that's what I believe all my heart. Don't, I, I can't stand when somebody tries to correct the Bible. Don't do it in front of me. If you've got, if you, if you got, you got a King James Bible, don't do it in front of me. You talk, your other ones you can talk about all day long, but don't do that in front of me. And if anybody in here, matter of fact, don't be mad at me, if anybody in here cannot afford a King James Bible, I will personally buy you one. All you got to do is ask me. That's good enough, ain't it? I'll do it. So don't ever say, well, I ain't got enough money. Well, I've got plenty of money. I can buy you a Bible. I had a free meal last night. Amen? Well, free to me, I guess. Anyway, now I want to say this so you understand. When talking about rightly dividing the word of truth, Father, let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the word, for the ministry, for the preaching, for the teaching today. And Father, I ask you that it be clear that there be no mistakes there won't be to hear any errors on my speaking or any errors on the hearing. Lord, I thank you that our hearts are knitted together because the Holy Spirit lives in every one of us who is a believer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, first thing I want to say is, don't, when, if I start like dividing, don't be thinking, don't, don't put salvation in every conversation. Oh, he said they're not saved. He said, I, don't do that. Every conversation I have is not about salvation. Some's about doctrine, right? Salvation is, is different. Um, make sure we know that. And you've got to learn this. I don't care who you are. Every salvation that's ever taken place is by God's grace and our faith. Every one of them. Old Testament, New Testament, every single one is by God's grace and our faith. At different methods, but that's everyone was by that. Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, and your salvation is not based on your denomination. Right? We got that? And your lack of salvation is probably not based on your denomination. Right? It's based on a personal decision of you establishing a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Lord and the Savior. By his grace and your faith, your relationship to God through Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't care. You, I don't care. Some churches believe you can't have instruments. Um, that's fine. That's fine. It's not going to affect your salvation. We're going to have drums up here. It ain't going to affect our salvation, right? We're going to have electric guitar. We're not. But that, that could affect your salvation. Could it not? No, it can't. It can't. What you play, what you do. You got a woman preacher. It's not going to affect your salvation. You can have snake handling. And y'all think I'm joking about that, but I got respect for those guys. I ain't going to do it. 
But I mean, I'm not making fun. I mean, you know, that's pretty serious stuff to do. And so they have faith. I mean, I think it's misguided. But I mean, I'm not going to. Some people think you have to be baptized in water. I don't think that either. It's based on relationship. Where in the Bible, some people say, well, you need to be water baptized because it is a, who's ever heard this? It is a profession of your faith. Who's ever heard that? Raise your hand. Everybody. Where did that come from? Huh? Yeah. It's not in the Bible. So many things. And this, uh, I got, I got somebody else talked to me this week, and they were saying it's amazing as I read my Bible. What I see when I read my Bible, when I read my Bible, when I study my Bible, I didn't see that before. I didn't see that before. I had a real tough question this week. If this person found out, said that, uh, hey, I just read that said God hated Esau. I never saw that before. It's two or three times he says. The Lord hates, he hated Esau. He said, I thought God loved it. She said, I thought God loved everybody. Well, does he? Or does he not? Well, you can answer that. You let me know and show me a scripture and I'll be right there with you. I can't answer that. Amen? But it's amazing when you read your Bible, you see things in there, you're I never saw that before. We spend way too much time listening to people like me talk and not reading your own word, right? I mean, I, you don't, if you're counting on me to work it all out for you, it ain't going to happen. I can help you a little bit, but really it's going to come down to you reading your Bible. Amen? And everybody can have a King James Bible, just see me. I'll get you a nice one too. Can I? I'll get you. I ain't getting no hardcover one. I'll get you a nice one. All right. Your salvation is eternally sealed. I'm just getting some preliminary stuff. When you're, when you're born again, it's eternally sealed. We talked about it last week. I gave scripture on it. Listen to the sermon audio. It's sealed. It can't be unopened again. You can't jump back out. If you're born again, you're born again. Amen? And you got to keep that in mind. Now, what's your point about some of these other things? Well, see, you can get wrong biblical teaching that can really screw up your life on earth. If you believe it's God's will for you to be healed, everybody be healed, you're going to have a very rough life on this earth. You may not take medicine. You may go to a doctor and doctors say, do this, and you go, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm not taking that medicine. Well, you're going to probably die early. You trust God. Ask God to heal you for crying out loud. Don't be a knucklehead. But you, there's medicines you take for things. That doesn't mean you don't have faith. Right? And so don't, you, you, I'm trying to get you to where you, you do hear sound biblical teaching that will make your life on earth as good, as nice, as comfortable as it can be. Because all of us are going to go through stuff. I bet you. Oh, don't you say that. Well, I did just say it. I'm not, I'm not in that camp anymore. I can't change. I can't pronounce you have some kind of disease or healing of the one. I'll pray for you to be healed. Don't, don't forget. I mean, remember that. Don't ever forget that. But unbiblical teaching can really mess up your life on earth. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. But it won't cause you to lose your salvation. 
If you left here and went to a charismatic church, I, you're not going to lose your salvation. You, your life might get a little confusing. You know, you don't you say that. Don't you claim that. You remember those days? Uh, yeah, well, I know all about them. Anyway, so the gospel for today is the gospel of grace. Our faith is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. That is who our faith and trust and hope is in. That is our salvation. That is the gospel of grace today. That's how you're born again. That's how you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. But you believe it. He's the Son of God. He's sinless. He died. He was buried and rose again. Can y'all think of anybody else who rose again in the Bible? Lazarus. I can't think of anybody else. One preacher, I, I saw him. I had to watch it. And uh, he said, he said, out in Colorado, he said he personally witnessed 28 resurrections. I think that, that if I'm wrong on that, it, it's more than 20, but less than 40. So he, he witnessed over 20 resurrections. He said that. I saw him say it. And I thought, you're out of your mind. What, what videos? Testimonies? It, it, that's what happens to people. You get, you get off, you get, get, you get wacky. You get wacky. Amen? We're not going to get wacky. Now, there are two there are two major systems of understanding the Bible, the two most popular, and y'all know what broad brush is? If you don't paint with a broad brush, who does not know what that means? If I'm going to talk to you and, and speak in a broad brush, what am I talking about? Yeah, I'm going to cover, I mean, I'm not going to worry all about the edges, you see? I mean, I mean, I got the majority. I'm going to be covering the majority. They're always outlier, right? They're always, well, that, you could be sitting back there after a while and say, well, what about that? I, I know there's some out there that I'm not going to cover everybody. I'm not, that's not my point. I'm just trying to do a broad brush for you. Sixth-grade level. Always preach at a sixth-grade level. All right? I have no problem with that. Two most popular, covenant theology and dispensationalism. Have you heard of either one of those? Have you heard of both of them? Yeah, I'm going to broad brush then. Don't, don't go there. Just, just listen. Covenant theology, that would be a, like, for example, a Presbyterian, a Methodist, a Lutheran, a Holiness, Charismatic, Calvinism, and Reformed Baptist. They would be, for the most part, part in covenant theology. I'm going to tell you what it is. All right? Then you come to dispensational theology. It's where we're under now. It's mostly going to be Baptist and for the most part, and then what you'd call, how can I say this? Those other Bible churches. Like we'd just be a Bible church. We ain't Baptist. We're just a Bible church. I, I didn't say we're 100% correct. I just say we're like, a lot of times, if you see grace in a name, that would be like a Bible church. Not always, but most of the time. When you see grace, it's a good chance they'll be, they'll be a dispensationalist. That's my opinion. That's very broad brush, okay? All right. 
Now, <clears throat> everybody, John MacArthur, respect tremendously, he even believes, as reformed, he even believes in dispensation. But his is a more narrow dispensation. He says, I watched him say it. How can you not say that God treated this group of people different than this group of people? How can you not say that Israel is separate from the church? When you, the main thing that makes dispensational set apart is Israel is here, the church body of Christ is here. They're two separate entities. You understand that? I'll explain more about that. Both these systems have plenty of believers in them. You can be a covenant theologist, you can be a dispensationalist, and be a believer. Got nothing to do with your salvation, it's just sort of what you believe, right? So that's what, don't, 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 don't say I'm saying they're not a, I don't agree with them, so they're not born again. I'm not saying that at all. I got no problem with that. Both of them are used by believers. Now, just because I don't agree with covenant theology, does not mean I think they're not born again. Okay? Right? Say yes. All right, good. What follows, I'm going to try to stay sixth grade here. Covenant theology. Covenant theology. Covenant and dispensationalism. Two major systems of studying the Bible. Covenant theology, they have a couple of covenants they believe in. Two or three. One of them is called works, grace, and sometimes they'll throw in redemption. All of y'all will agree that there's works were involved in the Old Testament, right? You'll agree now we're working in grace, right? So I've got no problem with that. But here's some things. Here's where I want you to sort of show how we need to rightly divide the word. Most people who believe in covenant theology, they will apply the Old Testament to the New Testament, the New Testament to the Old Testament. It, it fits everybody, all through the Bible. Have you ever heard the scripture, I think it's Deuteronomy it's 28, where it says, I'm the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. When y'all went charismatic, how many times y'all quote that? When y'all were charismatic. The Bible says, I'm the, I'm, I'm the head. Many times. Well, see, that's Old Testament. It's not New Testament. That's nothing to do with us. He's talking to the Jews. That's why you have to know how to rightly divide the word. You get all confused. You be quote scripture, got nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. You wonder why things don't work. Let's just, let me just, let me do it. Deuteronomy 28. Here's before somebody, like a charismatic person, like uh, Copeland or Benny Hinn or some of those, they take this scripture here and they will quote it for themselves or for the people. 28. Yes, yeah, 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. That doesn't apply to us. I'm not the hand. Who's my hand? Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah is my head. I'm not the head. So you see, that's where you can, if you're not careful, you don't divide the word, you can be believing things that don't apply to you. They believe, covenant theology believes that the Old Testament promises and the prophecies made to Israel now apply to us. Totally disagree, 150,000%.
I don't dare believe I can take what God promised Israel and now apply it to me. Because I believe Israel and the church are two separate entities. If you believe that, you ever heard somebody say replacement theology? You heard that before probably. That means that if you believe that, as most covenant theology people believe, they believe that we as Gentiles have now replaced Israel. So everything that God promised Israel, we have replaced them, and all those promises are to us. Don't believe that in one iota. If you think about most every promise God made Israel was what? Material. Almost every promise was material. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Gold, animals, land. Our blessings are what? Spiritual. There's no way. If you believe that we've replaced Israel, please pray to God and ask him to show you the truth because that's not true. God's going to come back and take care of Israel in the millennial reign. It's just it's so obvious to me. All right? We, we, don't, we, don't, we didn't inherit their promises. They believe, covenant theology believes, that Jesus' earthly kingdom is here now and is spiritual. They believe his kingdom is here now, he's ruling, but he's ruling over, and his kingdom's here. That's why, this is where I'm going to make some of you upset with me. Well, I don't mean to. I've done, all these things I'm being critical of, I've done them. So don't, you can't say, oh, you're just talking because you have, I've done all the things. Everything wrong you could have done, I've done it. I'm good at doing wrong things. But I do am good at learning. I am good at admitting mistakes. You've got to agree with that, I hope. Right? I don't want to do that. Um, Wisdom. Do you remember years ago, years ago, where we would go out and we'd go out to try to change the atmosphere of the city, of a school, of things like that, try to make it better? Is that in the Bible? If you read your Bible, are things going to get better or going to get worse? Who's going to restore everything back to righteousness? Well, more specific, Jesus. When he is on the throne, in David's throne. It's not going to get better, folks. So we just, you know, you can try. I mean, I think all the place, I, we, I bet you I've walked half the city and I believed I was doing right, trying to pray and, and, and tell the devil to leave and all this kind of stuff, but that's not in the Bible. You can pray all you want to, but that, it's not in the Bible. that's not in the Bible. They believe, you ever heard of the seven mountain theory? Lance Walnow did it, a guy from YWAM did it, and it, I, I'll, I'll share that with you. This is where they believe 
that there are seven, um, seven kingdoms that we have, to, we have to overcome. And if we can do that, then we can bring peace, stability, righteousness back to the earth. It's like business, schools, religion, uh, it's a bunch of them. And, and they believe if you can, if we can get the right people in those different positions, media, if you get the right people in those positions, then we will bring the righteousness back to the earth. That's not true. We're not going to bring it back. Jesus Christ will bring it back. He's the only one that can. Amen? He's the only one that can. <clears throat> so, we try, we can, you try what you want to try, but um, it, it's not dividing the word. It's just not dividing the word properly. Now, dispensationalism is just a little bit different, quite a bit different. Um, they believe Israel, we believe Israel and the church are distinct and different. Their question, easy, easy peasy. If you rightly, we dispensationalists believe you need to rightly divide the word of truth. What, and we believe that there are different periods of time where God dealt differently with different groups of people. God dealt a certain, he dealt a certain way with Adam and Eve. Then you had Noah, certain ways different. Abraham was different. You had dietary laws. Remember, we talked about that. You can't eat certain food. He dealt differently with different people at different times throughout history. God did. That's why we say you have to look at each one of those different times. And some people say, I read anywhere from three dispensations to seven. And uh, I, 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 most, I mean, 37, 37, 37 of them. Seven seems to be the most common. And last week, somebody asked me, just so we all know, make sure, is a Hebrew a Jew? Yes, yes. Hebrews, make sure we, uh, is y'all, I love when y'all ask me stuff because I can share. Hebrews is you, okay? All right, good. Now, and we're Gentiles. We're Gentiles. They're either Jews or Gentiles. And we're Gentiles. Now, just to, just to sort of give you just a little touch of the seven dispensations, just so you'll see what I'm talking about. The first dispensation was called innocence. That was from creation until the fall of man. That was innocence. That was a dispensation of time where God dealt with Adam and Eve differently. I mean, I had walked, if y'all walk with the Lord, he talked to you face to face. No, I mean, that was different then. They walked, talked with him. Hey, where are you, Adam? I mean, like, I mean, hey, what's going on? That's different then. Then the next period was conscience. That's from the time they were kicked out of the garden through or to the flood. That's a period dispensation of conscience. Then after the flood, up to Abraham, it's called human government. After the flood... Up to Abraham. Okay, I'm good. And then the promise starts with Abraham until they leave. They, they, they set free in Exodus. So Abraham to Exodus, that's the promise. You got three more. The law was from Exodus. Once they've left 
going to the promised land. Once they left, once they left Pharaoh, going, they're going out, and then from, the, from that time up to the crucifixion of Jesus, which is about 1,500 years, they lived under the law. That was another dispensation under the law. Does that make a little bit of sense? You see how it's divided up? I'm not saying this is right, but it's a pretty good one. And then from the resurrection of Jesus to today, the dispensation of grace, where we live today. Good? And then we're going to have the millennial reign of Christ uh, after this, after the rapture. I talked to Lady last night, and it's pretty cool. She said she was praying that she could be raptured. It wouldn't be cool to be involved in it, wouldn't it? Are we going like, to go real slow? Or are we going to go like, like that? Or, you know what I'm saying? But I, I believe all believers are going to be raptured before the tribulation. So millennial reign of Christ is where Satan's defeated. The beast, the dragon, false prophet, all, they all get beat up pretty bad. And then uh, the, the devil goes... The, the devil ends up being under chains for a thousand years while Christ reigns on the earth, and eventually he'll be thrown into the lake of fire, eventually. And we'll have a new heaven and a new earth at some point. Amen? That's what, anyway. Now, number two, so that was dispensations of periods of time where God dealt differently with different groups of people. That's all it means. Number two, we believe Scripture must be studied in light of these dispensations. You can't take what happened here and apply it over there. That's why we talk about in the Gospels. The Gospels are still Old Testament because Jesus had not died. Jesus is still alive. He had not been resurrected. Remember, he told them, don't y'all, y'all you disciples, y'all just go to the Jews. Remember that? It's still Old Testament and in the Gospels. Then, I'm, this is, I'm big on this one. Scripture must be understood by simple reading. You just read your Bible and understand it as it's written. Makes whole lot. When you can take your Bible literally, take it literally. Amen? Don't make it complicated. That's what dispensations believe. Who's talking? Who's doing the talking? And who's he talking to? We've talked, you've heard me preaching this over and over and over. Always see, like Malachi, the tithing. Y'all been beat up so much in your life. Oh, if you don't bring all the tithes into the storehouse, you're going to be cursed. You're going to be cursed. Bring 10% in. And you, you preachers have said that. I've said it. And I apologize for it. I don't say it anymore. Go back to the beginning of Malachi. He's talking to the Jews. It's a Jewish law. Right? See, if you don't rightly divide, you don't know what you're talking about half the time. You'd be saying this, speaking that, you don't, you don't know what's going on. You have to rightly divide the word. Now, also, number four, God's purpose for Israel and the church are different. Israel is still, Israel hadn't gone anywhere. Israel's program has been put on hold. Paul is now uh, the apostle to the Gentiles, and everybody now, I don't care who you are, you're saved by grace. Any Jew can be saved right now by grace. Any, any of anybody. But now it's under that gospel of grace we're talking about. Because you know that basically the Jews don't believe Jesus has come. Right? Their, their Messiah hadn't come. They wanted him killed. Remember? Remember? Yeah, okay. But everybody's saved the same way now. Um, 
Jesus' earthly kingdom, I believe, dispensations believe, it is physical and it's future. There's going to be a kingdom in Jerusalem. The apostles are going to rule it. Any Gentiles that are alive, make it through tribulation, are born, they're going to be there subject to the Jewish kingdom. And they're going to be blessed. That's how, remember they talked about how all the nations will be blessed through Abraham, his seed? Well, that's going to be the kingdom. After you get through the tribulation, you have the Armageddon, which is the big bad fight, and then you have the kingdom, the millennial kingdom, the reign on earth. Jesus is going to sit in David's throne and all they rule over the whole earth. And it's going to be one tremendous great time. Everybody's going to get blessed. Gentile. That's, how, that's, that's what was set up at the beginning. It's going to happen. So I, I, I believe that 100%. I don't have any question about that. If the kingdom will be earthly, it will be physical. The millennial kingdom. He, Jesus, will restore the earth and establish his righteousness from David's throne. And I, oh, here's where I wrote that mountain. Uh, that mountain mandate back from the covenant theology, which I'm not saying they all believe it. I'm saying some do. Remember, I did broad brush. Covenant theology, if, right here, I, I forgot where I put it down. NAR had a lot to do with that, New Apostolic Reformation. They said you got, um, you got a business mountain, a government mountain, a family mountain, religion mountain, education mountain, entertainment mountain, and media mountain. Those are seven mountains. And they believe, we don't believe this, they believe if you get a godly man in charge of that, they probably have a godly woman, whatever, that if we, get, we can control all of those mountains, then the earth will be perfect again. That's not true. Amen? Sounds good. Now, specifically, I want to talk about now. You have an idea about dispensation. You have an idea about covenant theology. Save people in both camps, good men, good women, born again, love the Lord, both believe, can believe either one of these. Are we clear on that? I'm not knocking somebody. All right, we're good, right? I got you. Now, here's where we are. We are what I believe, what I'm teaching you guys is mid-acts dispensation. And if you want to go online and sort of have, just sort of know you're in pretty good shape, if you go to Berean Bible Society, they got a website. It's pretty good information there. You won't mess up. I don't think you can mess up there. They are very balanced in what they say, in my opinion. Because, see, in dispensation, you got a bunch of groups in there. We talked last week, like seven different groups, right? Just like you got Southern Baptist, Independent Baptist, Primitive Baptist, you know, there's a bunch of different groups. So we're going to talk about that, why we are there. And what do we specifically believe? What am I teaching you? Well, what makes a mid-Acts dispensationalist different than a traditional dispensationalist or different than an Acts 28 dispensationalist? It, only, it all boils down to when we believe the church started. I believe the church started in mid-Acts, the book of Acts, around 9 to 13. It just means when did the church start? Now, why did I say that? When did Paul get his revelation of the mystery? Mid-Acts. He was called out to be our apostle to the Gentiles. He was told to go to the Gentiles. A mystery that had not been revealed since the beginning of time. It cannot be found in the Bible. He said that. It's another story, but it, God came to him, changed his heart, 
the murderer, a Christian. And he became the apostle, our, our apostle, the only one we've ever had, the only apostle I've ever had, the only one I will ever have. These other guys, they're, they're jokes. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about like missionaries. I'm talking about apostle Tim. I'm talking about the people who they think they're the big A. I'm, the, I'm, I'm an apostle. They think the point being, if they like the New Apostolic Reformation, they believe they have the same authority that the apostles do. They can make judgments and they can make rules, and that, they, that's not true. Not true at all. Amen? But you still you call somebody an apostle out of respect, especially big, big missionaries. I'm okay with that. All right? Cool? Understand? All right. <clears throat> now, some people, the traditional dispensationists believe that the church started at Pentecost. I'm not going to fight with them on that, but I'll tell you why I don't believe it. The only people at Pentecost were Jews. And I'm going to show you something here. Go to uh, 240, Acts 2.41. This is why I don't believe that. Acts 2.41. I don't believe the church started at Pentecost. And people can, this is all kinds of you know, big discussions, whatever. Acts 2.41 says, And they, then they, they gladly received his word, Peter's preaching, and were baptized. The same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people got born again that day. That sounds like a pretty good way to start the church. Well, here's the problem. The same day were added unto them. That means there were already some there. So how could it have started that day if there were already some there? Do you follow that? Now, I'm not going to be mad at somebody. Who, you, you can believe. I still believe. It's, I'm not going to be, just as long as you know how to rightly divide. You, the main point, you've got to know how to divide. That's not for me, that is for me. Oh, you tell me then, I, all i got to read is, is Paul's epistles, Romans through Philemon, I'm good. No, I'm not. You're wrong. That's our doctrine. The whole Bible is for reproof, correction, doctrine, instruction. Every, all of Scripture is. Third Timothy. All of it is. But our doctrine is from Romans to Philemon. That's our doctrine as Christians today that came through Paul. It was revealed to Paul through Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, and like I said, I believe we're mid-Acts because that's when he called Paul, he pulled Paul out, and, and he was born again and sent him to the Gentiles. That's why I believe we. That's when I believe the church started. Now, some people say, just so you you may hear this sometime. Some people will say, well, I believe not that many, but some will say I believe it started Acts twenty eight twenty eight. And Acts twenty eight twenty eight, you call remember it's Acts of the Apostles. Acts twenty eight twenty eight says, "Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles." and they that will hear it. Some people say that this is when the church started because they said, right, we're going to the Gentiles. I don't believe that. I still believe it happened. Paul's conversion, do you see how major that was? I mean, that, that's probably, that's tremendous what happened. That's why I still say 
That's why I say we're mid-Acts. All right. Now, a couple of things about uh, dispensation and being mid-Acts, a couple of things makes it a little bit different, is, you know when the Great Commission, y'all know what the Great Commission is? All right, turn to 28, Matthew 28, Matthew 28. Some churches have this, like, posted over the, coming in the church, Matthew 28, and these last, 16. <clears throat> Matthew 28, 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Who's up there? Eleven disciples. Who's missing? Judas. Yeah. See, Saul was never part of the twelve. Some people believe that. He was never part of the twelve. He, he wasn't with Jesus during his ministry. You had to be with Jesus during his ministry to be enabled to be one of the twelve. And so when they picked out Matthias, that's not his name. Who's, who's the one they added? Anyway, when they picked the guy, he, they drew the lots, he got chosen, that he became the twelve. You had to be in Jesus' ministry, quite alive with him, while he did everything, to be one of the twelve. Paul was not there. Paul was an entirely different apostle. All right, and so the eleven are there. Jesus came and spoke who? Spoke to who? Them. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Absolutely true. Go ye. Who's ye? That's the group of them. Remember, ye, that's one tremendous advantage of having a King James. You can know when he's talking to a group or talking to one. The is one person. Ye is a group. Go you. You, 11. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He told me about the resurrection. His, <laughs> he told me to teach what I told you and baptize them. Didn't he? Did you see him talking about his resurrection or anything? No, see, he didn't tell me about the gospel. That's not for us. I was told to the disciples. Don't twist that around and say it's for you. That right there is not for you. All right, let's go to, let's go to the other one. Let's go to uh, Mark 16. Mark 16, last. Let's go, let's go 14. Mark 16, 14. It's another example of the Great Commission written one by Matthew, one by Mark. This is, Afterward he appeared unto the leaven, as they said at meat, upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, but that they could believe not them which had seen him after he's risen. I just, that just baffles me. How could they not see that? He's, 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 criticizing them, he's fussing at them because of their unbelief. It's just 11 apostles. Because of the hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after his risen. And he said unto them, 
the 11, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name will cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink anything deadly, won't hurt them, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Is that to you? That's not to you. That's to them. But we have churches who believe you can do that today. I, I go to churches not too far from here, and they believe that. That's how, I mean, there's still born-again people there, but they believe in this goofy stuff that's just messing their life up. I'm going to drink some poison. I'm going to pick up some snakes. The last time I saw a snake, you know what I did to it? I picked it up. But it was in two parts. I felt sort of bad because it was a black snake. I probably should have done it, but I, I, I'll show you all the picture. He's coming through our house. I need, I'll show you all the picture after church, but I mean, I'm, well, I'm in the house. We had the, I keep, see, I'm lazy, and so I don't like to let the dogs out to pee and poop all, so I just leave the door open when Brenda's there. <laughs> that way they go on out and come on back in, going back out, coming back in. Except when it's raining and then I'm, or I mow the yard like at 8 o'clock at night, then the next day she could tell that I left the door because there's grass and all in, in the floor. Anyway, and so I'm in there the other day looking and I stand in the kitchen. You know where the kitchen is? I'm looking over towards the wall over there and there's a snake, black snake, right there on the hardwood floor. That messed your mind up. Y'all saw, you saw it last night. That messed your mind up. And so dogs walk around. Dogs don't care about him. He don't care about the dogs. Pretty amazing. Yeah, but yeah, he, 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 uh, he didn't live. So I feel bad. I should have thrown him in the woods. It's a black snake, man. But anyway, I, I guess when he came in the house, I just thought he might want to come back again, you know. <laughs> I was so afraid he was going to run and I was going to find my, I said, Brenda, come here. And so I said, you watch him, because i got to go get something. I'm going to get a broom. I'm going to swish him on out. I didn't want, can you imagine what I'd have felt like if I'd have gone to the garage to get a broom and come back, he's gone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then you got to look up. Oh, no, no, man. Look under the couches. and <laughs> That would have been cool, would it? Anyway, we got him out, and we survived it. And my neighbor killed one the same day, and we must have had a nest of them or something. Huh? Oh, y'all did too, didn't you? It, within a week or so of that. Y'all got me black snakes? See many? Yeah, okay, all right. So, yeah, a little rough on everybody. All right. So, I want you to see, are you supposed to share the gospel with people? You have to even be told that. How's anybody ever going to hear unless you tell them? Do you know any, well, be careful, I don't, do, I can't say that. Do you know anybody that became a Christian just by reading your Bible? I don't. Somebody told them, they heard. You need to tell people. You announce it to them. You don't preach to them. You don't beat them over the head. You don't get in an argument with them. You just tell them. You make the announcement. I told y'all, make the announcement. You ain't got to argue. Well, what if you ask me this? All you got to do is tell the gospel. What about this? I don't know. 
This is the gospel. What about that? I don't know. Here's the gospel. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're a sinner. Your forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. No other way. Amen? So don't get too caught up in some of those things. Now, with mid-Acts, dispensation, we do not believe the church began at Pentecost. Don't believe that. We don't believe water baptism is for today. That was a Jewish issue. Some dispensationalists, uh, Berean, they, we're so Berean in that example. I don't mind if you want to get baptized. I'm glad to do it. It ain't required. Nothing in the Bible says do it. But see, I know if I get in y'all's, in y'all's mind right now, some of y'all's mind is going, I can't believe he said that. I know I, 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 I got to get baptized to wash away my sins. I know some of y'all are thinking that. But y'all see you thinking, man, what if you're telling the truth? Because if you've got to get baptized, then what you're saying is when Jesus Christ died, he didn't get enough done. I don't know why you can't see that. Well, I've got to get, I watch, I watch people, anyway, and I like, a lot, I like to watch lots of different people. And there's, a, there's a, a church who believes baptism is the only way you're saved. You've got to get baptized in order to be saved. If I, it ain't that you get baptized after you got saved. You got to be, they're around here, they believe you got to get baptized. That is your salvation. I don't believe that. I mean, and to, and to think, I mean, in my mind, just to think, well, I got to, it might make you feel better. If it'll make you feel better, we'd be glad to do it. Took a nice hot day. We'll go up to the Red River Bridge. What is that? Jack Street Bridge. The building's red, ain't it? Yeah. And we'll go up there, and I'll baptize you all day long. I mean, but it's not, it's not going to do anything for you. Well, psychologically, maybe, maybe it will. But if it does, then you've got something wrong in your thinking. Because you think, I've got to be baptized or I ain't saved. Why don't you tell that to Jesus when you, when you see him in heaven? Say, man, I know you died on the cross. I know you took a little beating and all like that. They made fun of you, stripped you naked, and it was a pretty hard time. But... I want you to know I got baptized for my salvation. Tell him that. Tell him that. Just look him in the eye and say, you didn't quite get it done. Boy, Jesus, you tried. You tried really hard. You gave your life. But I want you to know I sealed it with my baptism. You see how stupid that sounds? Anyway. Now, we do believe the Lord suffers for today. And last week, I I listened to the CD, but I, I'm, I'm praying now, do we do it every week? I'm praying that now. We'll see. Some churches go like once a year, twice a year, once a quarter. We've done it once a month for years and years and years. I, I don't think you'd be wrong to do it every Sunday. Anybody think it'd be wrong? Raise your hand, and we'll slap you in the face. It, it can't be wrong. It can't be wrong. It might not be convenient. Poor Nyla, man, she'd be cooking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor Larry, Larry oh, every, every, oh, my gosh. But I'm praying. Y'all pray about it. That's something to pray about. Do we do it every Sunday? We believe that Israel is the bride of Christ, not the church, not the body of Christ. Israel is the bride of Christ. We, I believe, we're going to be in heavenly places. The body of Christ ain't going to be here on the earth. Israel will be the bride of Christ. 
and, the, and also we believe that the ministry of the 12 apostles were a continuation of Christ's ministry on the earth. The 12 apostles, they continue. We talked last week, week before that, several weeks, we've been talking about it. They continue their ministry to the Jews. It's in your Bible. Paul continued. There was a transition. It's here's where you get tripped up. There's a transition in Acts where they're going from the Jews to the Gentiles. Even Paul, don't get confused. Nothing is just black and white. Well, some things are, but you know what I'm saying. There's a transition when God moved from the Jews to the Gentiles. And so things sort of got a little muddy right there, and then they got done, and now Paul is solely to the Gentiles. The apostles were solely to the Jews. You see that. They preached repentance and baptism. Peter did. People got saved, according to the Bible. Different message. But they're all, every person is born again by grace, God's grace in their face. The death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Now, uh, the Word of God told you about that. It's all of it's important. Let's just read that. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture, how much is all? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The entire Bible, all Scripture is given for doctrine, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Don't neglect your Bible. Don't say, I'm just going to read these books right here to apply to me. You've missed everything I'm saying. Everything. You can't do that. It's wrong. Not supposed to. It's all for us to read. Now, how do you rightly divide? How do you know how to rightly? You say, well, you talk all that stuff, but how do we know how to do it? Y'all, you, you tell us. How do we know how to do it? How do you know how to rightly divide? I told you last week, you didn't listen good. You rightly divide anytime. You can take scripture in any, any place in the Bible that does not conflict with the 13 epistles of Paul. Any instruction he's given overrides everything else in the Bible. But if you can, anything else you can read, like you're not going to go sacrifice a bull, are you? No. You're going to, any of y'all going to eat shrimp later on today or? Right? See, the, the law, the, the, that's not, doesn't apply to us. As long as there's no conflict. Last week, Psalm 23, can you apply that to your life? I sure hope so. The Lord's my shepherd. What about, what about uh, most of all the Proverbs? Yeah, there's some great wisdom in there. As long as it doesn't come. So, but you say, well, how do I know that? That's why you've got to know Romans to Philemon. If you don't know that, if you haven't read that and studied it, you ain't going to know if it's confidence or not. You have to. It's just, man, it's just that much in the Bible. It's just a small part of it. I told y'all, if you got one book to read, a new believer, go to Romans. Start Romans. Don't put it back in John. I've taught that. Go to Romans. And if y'all, if you are so lazy that you can't get time to read, just read the first eight chapters of Romans over and over and over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, and just do that. You do that enough, you'll, you'll get it. 
You'll get, you'll get what you need. Learn right there. The first eight chapters. Amen? <clears throat> and plus, you can always ask me. All y'all got my phone number. Y'all can text me anytime. I don't care what time of day it is. What, it doesn't matter. You text me the question, I'll, I'll answer it. All right? I'll try to. Most all of our confusion arises when we take God's instructions and his promises to Israel and we try to apply them to us. Almost all of our mistakes and confusion are when we try, we say, we see what God promised Israel, the prophets to Israel and to the Jewish nation, and we try to take those and apply them to us. That's almost every error we have. Don't take God's promises to Israel and apply them to you. We're not Israel. You're not a Jew. Right? You can, some of y'all have been so kind and you've talked how much you've learned here and how much you can see it. And listen, you've got you to back us up on your own. You don't want to say, well, Pastor Gary said this. I'm telling you, you, you read your Bible. If you see something different, talk to me about it. I learned something. Right? You're responsible for your own salvation. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray it was received as you meant for it to be received. And Father, I covet any prayers, all prayers of anyone listening to this. Pray that I would continue to seek the truth. And I would not only seek it and find it, but I would speak the truth, regardless of the consequences, without any fear of man. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Any questions? Yes. You always got a question. That's good, though.